Power Hour LSU. Boom! All night long. Yes. Let's go! LSU fans, I'm looking directly into your soul right now. If you're listening to this via podcast, just think of my gorgeous face sitting next to you on your drive to work. I want you to answer this question loud and clear. If you had to choose one of the two starting quarterbacks to lead LSU next season in 2024, who would it be? Malik Murphy, who is the thumbnail image of today's video, or would it be Garrett Nussmeyer? Malik Murphy has some starters experience. Garrett Nussmeyer does not. But Garrett, of course, does have quite a bit of playing experience, and he knows Mike Dembrock's system, and he knows the offensive linemen. He knows the running backs. He knows the ins and outs of Baton Rouge. And unlike Malik Murphy, he adores the state of Louisiana more than anyone could possibly fathom. I think Garrett Nussmeyer should be your starter next season. But I will say it would be nice if LSU could get a quarterback who has a little bit of a change of pace aspect to him in terms of the running ability in the game of college football. Now, this honestly, this transfer portal question is one of those things where you have to answer this. Do you feel comfortable with Ricky Collins going into next season? All right. Would you want Ricky Collins to be your number one backup? Remember, the college football playoff committee made one statement loud and clear this season. The most important team or most important player on your team is your quarterback. He is more important than the head coach. He is more important than the OC, the DC, the AD, the you and me. That is the most important person. But the second most important person is your backup quarterback. There is a reason why Ohio State still got into the playoff when 12 gauge. We don't play school. Cardale Jones was their backup quarterback. In fact, he was their third-string quarterback. So, you've got to have a strong backup. You just do. It's also the same in the NFL. The backup quarterback is the second most important person on your team. So, it might not be a thing where you want Malik Murphy to come in and, and be the starter. It could be that you just want him to be the backup. Right. So that is so important. I do think Malik Murphy is a target. We have heard that LSU has shown interest. I do think Malik Murphy wants to go somewhere where he can start uh, because, look, this was a very difficult decision for him. He was a guy that was getting ready to um, play in the college football playoff, but had to make a very difficult choice to go on ahead and enter the transfer portal because of the academic calendar, and so on and so on and so on. So I truly do believe the backup quarterback is someone that you must, must have on your roster 
um, to take your team to the next level, even if he were to never play a down. You look back at some of the best LSU teams, a lot of them did have really, really strong backup quarterback situations, right? You know, those Jamarcus Russell teams, Matt Flynn was the backup. The 2007 team, uh, Matt Flynn's backup was Ryan Perilou. Um The 2011 team, even though neither Jared Lee or Jordan Jefferson were great, they both proved that they can go out there and win you games. In 2019, we saw when Miles Brennan actually did play, he looked pretty good when he was healthy. And he was wearing Crocs and tennis shoes instead of flip-flops. When that was the case, he was a good quarterback. So the truth here, we got to get someone else in this quarterback room unless you truly do believe Ricky Collins is ready to go. Okay? We say hi to Dante. We say hi to Tony. We say hi to Blaine. We say hi to Allen. The Nuts bus drivers here. Roby. Trucking. I'm a big trucking fan. I love truckers. You guys know it, man. If I could hug a trucker right now, I would do it. I would just hug any trucker. Doesn't matter who, male or female. I just want to give you a hug for being the backbone of America. Now, tonight, you got to go big or go home, right? We are giving out, if we get to $100 in Super Chats tonight, Given out a Brian Thomas Jr. rookie card. Okay? So when we get there, here's what we're going to do. I actually have two of these. The first $20 super is going to get a Brian Thomas Jr. rookie card. And then if we get to a hundo, just one of you will get a BTJ rookie card. How about that? Now, we go to the Jaden Daniels situation. Um, it was announced today or confirmed today that there was one consensus first-team All-American, and that was Malik Neighbors. Okay, Malik Neighbors was first-team All-American in the five recognized All-American categories um, by the NCAA. Okay, one is the AP All-American. The other is, I believe, Sporting News. There's five of them. Everybody does their own All-America team. Um, CF, uh, CBS does. The Athletic does. Sports Illustrated. But the five recognized um, All-American organizations, okay? Jaden Daniels was not an official, unanimous All-American, according to Wilson Alexander of The Advocate, okay? So, no big deal, right? One All-American candidate picked probably Michael Penix over Jaden Daniels. No problem there. It's hard to be unanimous, especially at a position like quarterback where only one, you know, at wide receiver, they put two on every All-American team. But um, when, when it comes to quarterback, it's just one. The issue was the All-American team that Jaden Daniels was not first team with was the Walter Camp All-American. All right. He was not first-team All-American by Walter Camp. I don't even know what Walter Camp is. I'm serious. But the issue is Jaden Daniels was named the Walter Camp Player of the Year. Now, explain to me how that makes sense. How can you be the Walter Camp Player of the Year but not be Walter Camp 
first-team All-American. So that cost Jaden Daniels his consensus All-American status. Not really a big deal. He won the Heisman Trophy. That is all I care about. But let me say this from the bottom of my heart. We have got to start asking more questions about award season. The one thing about the Heisman Trophy is at least we have some transparency. Okay? At least we have some transparency. But we don't have it for all the other awards. We don't have a voter breakdown. We don't know how it's all tabulated and whatnot. Some people reveal their Belitnikoff voting tabulations. I know some people that vote for the Belitnikoff and they voted for Marvin Harrison. And when I see them, it's on site. It's on site. It's a pop, pop. Watch the FBI come in and, and, and say, this is a threatening podcast. We cannot have this young man speaking to all the people of America, threatening people. But still, shout out to Jane Daniels. I just wanted to point out my frustration with that. Now, there is so much to get to. There is a whole lot going on in the world of LSU football. A lot. And this is when the season really gets going. I'm not going to bring this up every live stream, but I'm going to bring it up every live stream. It pisses me off how poorly thought out this college football calendar is. I understand that a lot of it has to do with the academic calendar. I get it. But once again, defending Murray, making a decision, entering the portal when his team is in the playoffs and he's their top backup quarterback, he's got to just quit the team. He doesn't have to. He could finish out the season. But it's tough if you're a quarterback because all the spots that you might want might get filled. So I hate the college football calendar. I really do. You have Heisman award seasons and early signing periods coming up. Transfer portals happening. Coaching changes are happening. You got to do all this in this multiple week period while there are still bowl games to be played. Christmas is still coming up. This is a crazy freaking month to just cram all this in. But that's why we're here to give you the latest and greatest LSU football perspective that you can possibly handle. Okay. Let's go to Roby, our first super chat. An interesting amount, 1420. Anything on rumors of the defensive line coach? His initials are BD. I know exactly where you're going with this. You're talking about B. Davis. You're talking about Brad Davis. If Brad Davis is going to coach the offensive line and defensive line next year, I'm just kidding. You're talking about that other B. Davis. You're talking about Baron Davis, New Orleans Hornets legend. And yes, I said Hornets. Who remembers B. Diddy? Baron Davis was cold-blooded. You kind of forget about him because he had Chris Paul. 
And then you had Anthony Davis. But Baron Davis was Hemothy. I loved B. Diddy. But now you're talking about Bo Davis. Can Bo Davis leave Texas to come home to LSU? LSU has a weird situation with their defensive line coach. Will Jimmy Lindsey be able to come back to full health and be the defensive line coach that everyone expected him to be coming over from South Carolina? Okay. Um, look, I, I'll be honest. I have no idea what's going on with the Jimmy Lindsay situation. I don't. And it's kind of hard because we really don't know what's going to happen if uh, Matt House is going to be the guy. Also, Bo Davis has paid really well at Texas. He has a lot of benefits of being at Texas. He's already at a top 10 national job. Some would say going from Texas to LSU is semi-lateral. But if he wants to come home and coach for the home state school and coach for the school he played for, then sure, bring him in. I think most would list him as a top five uh, defensive line coach in the country. And I know a lot of you are interested in that because maybe Colin Simmons comes along with them. But I think at this point, I'm always open to Bo Davis being the defensive line coach at, at LSU. He's been one of the best. I'm always open to Carl Dunbar being the defensive line coach at LSU, but he's got a really good NFL job. So, you know, I I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I would be open to it. I do think LSU needs new everything on defense. <laughs> I know I'm not alone in that opinion. But, Roby, thank you so much for the super chat. Let's go to Sherry Berry. She wants to talk about the schedule release. So we did a you know, full episode on this yesterday, and we'll talk some schedule release right now. Um let me see. Go here. And I want to post this. Okay. Let's go here. And let's chat about the schedule release for LSU. Okay. I want to put the schedule on the screen. And Sherry's my buddy, she's a patron. So let's talk about the schedule. Very nice, handy graphic here from SEC. And I'll break down what I like and don't like about this schedule. All right. Don't forget on Patreon, stock up, stock down. LSU players I'm buying stock into for next year. LSU coaches I'm buying stock into next year. LSU players that have faded for me going into next season. That is on patreon.com slash LSU football. I also want to point out that Fitzgerald West did enter the transfer portal. And Elliot thank you so much for the delicious super chat here. We do have seven of you watching on Facebook right now. I really do appreciate you as well. Um, please share if you're watching this on Facebook in all your LSU groups. It goes a long way. Now, uh, I want to go to Sherry Berry here. She does not like that we're playing Oklahoma the final week of the season. What if I told you this, Sherry? That the week before LSU plays Oklahoma, they have to play Alabama. Okay. That probably excites you a little bit more. That is a brutal stretch. When in Oklahoma's history, I'm asking you this, whoever you are watching to this right now, 
has Oklahoma ever had to play a back-to-back stretch of LSU and Alabama? Never. Okay? Never, ever, ever. It is hard to play two top 15 recruiters in back-to-back weeks. Now, we have to do that. We have to play Alabama and then at Florida. But I don't think Oklahoma is going to be really all that good next season. They got to replace their quarterback. They got to replace their OC. They've got to build a new identity. I think defensively, um, they had a key linebacker go to the NFL draft. Lots of rebuilding needed to go to Oklahoma. They have had issues holding on to recruits because, well, if you're a four-star from Florida and you're used to being in Miami, used to being in uh, Orlando, and then you go all the way to middle of nowhere, Norman, Oklahoma, you get homesick pretty quick. I think Oklahoma could be in for a rude awakening when they get to the SEC. I don't think Venables is a bad coach, but they had some really close calls this season. So I'm not too worried about Oklahoma going into next season. And when I look at the schedule, it's actually not even a top three game that concerns me going into next year. All right. Jared, thank you so much for the super chat. I really appreciate you. So... Jerry, Oklahoma's still going to be really good. But let me ask you this, Jerry. Would you prefer to play Oklahoma the final week of the season, or would you prefer to play Vanderbilt the final week of the season? I would much rather play Oklahoma. Right? Nobody wants to look at us and say, well, LSU had Vanderbilt. What if we're in one of those situations where we are 12-2 and two, or – not 12 and 2, 9 and 2 going into this Oklahoma game. And we really need an impressive victory to get to 10 and 2 and get us into the playoff. Oklahoma is an impressive brand name to get a big W to go into the playoff. So I think this sets up nicely. And on top of that, we get to play Oklahoma. We don't have to play Texas. All right. If you were to list who the best schools are in the SEC right now, if you take us out of it, I think the top five going into next season is Alabama, Georgia, one and two in whichever order you want to put them. And then after that, Texas with their quarterback coming back, Tennessee with their five-star QB. They should have their DC back. And Ole Miss. We don't have to play Georgia. We don't have to play Tennessee. We don't have to play Texas. We get the two toughest teams for me on the schedule at home. We're looking pretty good schedule-wise. I saw this on a few top five most difficult schedules going into next year. I was like, I I don't know. I I don't think I see it that way. The only thing that makes the schedule a lot more difficult than normal for LSU is UCLA game. All right? Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, sure. I would love that too. I would too. As Shane points out, OU's entire offensive line is in the portal. Yeah, some weird things going on with the one of them, Caden Green. 
Um, so there you go. I then get to the transfer portal. So Fitzgerald West has entered the portal. Okay. I got to be real. He's just not worked out. We tried him at center. Uh, he struggled with snapping the football in the spring game. And then he flipped to the defensive line. And, you know, where's his playing time going to come from? I don't know. So he's in the portal. There's still not been a contributor that has entered the portal for LSU that did anything significant for LSU last season. Okay? It's crazy to think about. I understand Marlon Martinez is a loss. He is someone that can play at the SEC level. We have seen him play at the SEC level. But he didn't really play that a lot last season. And when he did, he struggled versus Missouri. I still think he's more of a guard than he is a center, but we need someone to be a backup center. Okay? So, yeah, it's it's a weird situation. But I, I think... For LSU, there's still not been someone like that. Ohio State has had significant players enter the portal. Um, Oklahoma, as Shane just pointed out, significant players enter the portal. So Clemson has had significant players into the portal. Andrew McCuba being one of them. Okay. Alan, what's up? Thank you for the super chat. Nick on Facebook, he is a first-timer. We're going to get to your question right after this, Nick. I always want first-timers to feel welcome. Alan, you have been absolutely fantastic in the chat. Not only the super chat, but just your knowledge um, on all your other comments. I really appreciate you. Let's go to this. If they wouldn't – if they – let me make better – it would make better sense. Okay. It would make better sense if they move the portal until January after the championship game. You can move National Signing Day for high school until a month later if necessary. So this is the issue, Alan. All right. And I did some research on this actually today. All right. Because I, I share this all the time um, from speaking to people in the college football industry that work for teams. Um, work for NILs and all that stuff. The issue is the academic calendar, right? So semesters, of course, start soon-ish after the new year. Well, after the new year, there's still you know college football playoff games going on. So the season's not over just yet. It's the academic calendar aspect of it that gets the portal tricky. Now, I still think for high schoolers, there is no major benefit to spring practice that I've seen other than you just getting in early and getting accustomed to things early. Now, I know a lot of people would disagree with me on that, but if you were to look at, at a recent history, at least at LSU, there is no difference between guys who have played a lot as early enrollees and guys who have played a lot as fall enrollees. It really, one way or the other, doesn't have any massive impact on your career. Um, 
that's the way I see it. I know people that are probably early enrolled would, would say otherwise, but teach your own. It, it's, but with the transfer portal, it's a little bit different, right? With Malik Murphy, he's got to go to a new school, find a new, um, find a new home, and then enroll in classes. That's where the issue comes. But Alan, a rational person, would say this is how it should be done. There's no reason for the transfer portal to open while the season is still happening. Okay. Um, and the portal technically opens before the bowl games even happen. So that's the issue. I still believe, though, National Signing Day should be in February for high school recruits. And then you can enroll in the summer and you're in the weight room. Okay. Well, Alan, that's what I would do. Start the football season earlier. So do that. And then you can have your national championship game ending in December. And there's a lot of benefits to that. Okay. A lot. Uh, The first of which is that's more weeks you're not having to compete with the NFL product, right? Um, That's more weeks further away from the NBA and, and other things going on, right? Late summer can be a little bit of a lull in the sports calendar. But there are issues with that, Alan, because if you move it back, the start of college football season coincides oftentimes with the start of the school calendar, if that makes sense, right? So, you know, students aren't on campus yet if you start like that much earlier. And something else, Alan, that could happen is the heat, right? If if you start it earlier, it just becomes that much hotter, at a lot of these locations. Now, I'll share with you um, something here, Alan. At the Arkansas game earlier this year, it was hot. I mean, it was really hot. Yeah, I think it wasn't the first game of the season, right? Um, it's 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 tough. It's tough. But something has to be done about it. There, there has to be uh, special requirements in place. Like, I think a, an, another thing, Alan, would be if Malik Murphy can just say, "Hey, I'm, I'm," and I'm know I'm using him as an example overall, but this can be for any player. Hey, I'm transferring to this school. Can I still play in the playoff? Can I still play in the bowl game? I don't know who that hurts. Helps the current team, and it also helps the next team. And if the current team don't want them to play, then don't play them. But Texas should not be punished for Malik Murphy having to make the decision he's having to make. Okay? 
So lots of good questions coming on in. Don't forget, first $20 Super Chatter, you're getting a BGJ rookie card. And if we get to a hundo in Supers tonight, we are 70 away from that already. Guess what? We're giving out another BTJ rookie. TJ, what's up, man? Good to see your beautiful face on a glorious Thursday. Let's go to Danny. We're going to get to this a little bit earlier. Will Shepard to Colorado. It did happen. Okay. Saw the graphic. LSU is trying to potentially get him on campus for a visit. Very interesting stuff. He would have fit a pretty nice need for LSU. He would have been a watered-down version of Brian Thomas Jr., a big target, but not overly explosive. And I do think part of Will Shepard's really good production over the past couple of seasons is Vanderbilt's lack of target competition. So, yes, for Mandeville, we got plenty of Mandeville viewers on this channel. I think he would have been a fine player for us, a 30-40 catch guy for us next season. But I also think we can do better. I do. Uh, so, Will Shepard is committed to Colorado. A little shocked it happened that quickly, but give Dion a lot of credit. He's been killing it in the portal, all right? One thing that I do want to bring up in terms of Dion and Billy Napier is there is a benefit of not having to worry about a bowl game, right? It's all about next season. It's all about recruiting. It's all about the portal. But I do want to bring up one thing about Florida. They lost yet another four-star commitment, uh, a defensive lineman who flipped to Auburn today. So Auburn has done a really good job recruiting. The good news is we don't play them next season. We do play Florida. And Florida's in kind of a weird state of flux right now. They do get their quarterback next season, which is good for them. But as good as Graham Mertz was this year, better than expectations, do any of you fear Graham Mertz? I would probably lean towards no. Let's go to Jared. Playing after going in the portal is like working a month after you got a new job. Yeah, it's weird. It's really, really, really weird. Um, last year, Sam Hartman played in the bowl game for Wake Forest, and he still went to, of course, Notre Dame. Let's go to JT. He wants to talk about two players. Cam Fancher out of Marshall, Ty Thompson out of Oregon. Not too interested in Ty Thompson. Of course, he's in kind of a tough spot because Bo Nix you know, came in and was a really good player for them. So he's probably looking for somewhere where he can play because he's not played yet. Cam Fancher is somebody that really interests me. Talented dual threat option. Um, 
does have a little bit of an injury history, but he he does have mobility. He does have experience. I watched a decent amount of him, and he is a really talented runner. Now he's not an overly explosive runner, but he can he can scoot some. So to use a comp, I would say Cam Fancher is probably you know the same kind of player that Jackson Dart is, right? Obviously, Jackson's probably a better thrower than Fancher, but they're probably the same level of runners, and they they got some guile to their game. So I, I'm open to Cam Fancher being the guy, being the transfer portal uh, quarterback. And, yes, Gabriel is with the Oregon. Let's go to JJ. He was a winner of a card last week. Yeah, I'll just want to keep throwing Bo Davis out there. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that. I've already talked about it, but still. Lots of Bo Davis references here tonight. TJ, what's good? I think I've already helped uh, T or welcome TJ on in. Let's go to Nick. First timer. Y'all show some love to the first times. I love this. There's nothing better than taking a photo with the fam at Tiger Stadium. Trying to guess what game this was. It looks like we got a night game atmosphere. It's kind of hard for me to see. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Arkansas game earlier this year. Here's Nick. If Madhouse stays... Do we see more defensive players hit the portal? Okay. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Last night. All right. Th- this was pretty cool. All right. Can I toot my own horn for a little bit? I only predicted the schedule to a T last season. I didn't need the SEC network. I didn't need the SEC network. I told you what the schedule was week by week using this noggin right here. And I was able to predict Arkansas here. I don't know why I thought Arkansas looked it looked kind of like the Arkansas game right there. Um, so there we go. But next question was if if Madhouse stays, could we see more defensive players hit the portal? Um I actually think it's the opposite. If he if he does go, you'll see quite a few players hit enter the portal because they don't know what kind of scheme is being brought in to LSU. So that normally happens when a coach or a position coach leaves. You normally have a few players that enter the portal uh, because of that relationship with that coach, whether they follow them to a new job or so on and so on and so on. Okay. Let's 
Let's go to TJ Super Chat. Remember all that debate about sacks during this offseason? How many did Jaden end up taking this year, and does it confirm that sack stats are overrated? That's a very good question. So let's go to cfbstats.com. All right. So last year we had 40-plus sacks, which was one of the highest marks in SEC history. If not for Will Levis, um, we would have really been low. Uh, we it, it would have been way worse optically because, well, Will Levis actually broke the sacks record, and we were right there with him. So you'll see right here in 2022, um, actually, it's a sacks. I got to go to sacks allowed. Here we go. Sacks allowed. All right. So you'll see right here in 2022, we had 45. Actually, got to put it up on the screen first because I'm an idiot. We had 45 sacks. All right. In 2022. 45 sacks. That's how many we took last year. And you notice that's one of the most ever in SEC history. But the good thing about Jaden last year, to your point about sacks being overrated, you notice last uh, in last year, I mean 2022, we had 14 more sacks than Arkansas, but we had the same amount of sack yards. So Jaden didn't take bad sacks. They didn't go for a lot of lost yardage. You'll see right here, we had the same amount of sacks as Kentucky, but they had 100 more sack yards than us. So Jane did a good job avoiding disaster. But to your point, only 22 sacks taken this year. Only 22 and 12 games. So a full sack and a half less per game. Now, Are sacks overrated? They are. More so, though, TJ, defensively. Offensively, you don't want to take a lot of sacks, right? The better offenses are the ones that aren't taking a lot of sacks. But the fewer amount of sacks is attributed to Jaden Daniels, if that makes sense. Quarterbacks are more of a sack stat, or sacks are more of a quarterback stat, than an offensive line stat, if you ask me. Pressures is an offensive line stat, okay? I think, yes, sacks are a little overrated, but Jaden took a huge step forward in the sack department, took half the amount of sacks he took last season, and it went a long way. It's a really good question, though. I would say more so on the defensive side of things, those where sacks can be very overrated, okay? Um Let's take it one step further. Take a look at sacks. Man, we have really struggled getting sacks. This was not a good year for sacks for us. 
but we also didn't have Harold Perkins rushing enough. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Let's go to Olivia. So Bryce went from Hellasack to Hellasack. Huh? Huh? That is hilarious. Welcome to the channel, Olivia. Good to see you. Um, yeah. I mean, it is crazy how bad the Panthers are. They might be the worst NFL team I've ever seen or the worst offense I've ever seen. I mean, they are bad, bad. TT, what a do. It's a good point, Sibley. Sometimes a tough schedule is good. I think the benefit of a tough regular season is better served in college basketball where the losses don't hurt as much. But, you know, I think with the 12-team format, could you get in with three difficult losses? I think you could. But you would need a lot of help. You would need a lot of chaos. You would. Yeah, I don't know what Florida's plan is with Billy Napier. I really, really, really don't know. Okay. Um, I really don't. I know he's got his quarterback coming in, DJ Lagway, but is he going to be ready to play as a true freshman? I don't know. The kid's a heck of an athlete, though. No, no signatures yet, Mick. None. There's a few people that have done, not so much LSU, but there's a few people that have done, um, like, fake signatures, like fake signings or announcements because of the school calendar, but still. Let's go to Destin Tiger. What would my reaction be to keeping Matt House? Uh, would not be a good one. I do think they need to, to move on. We say hi to Dex. Good to see you. 251 of you in here. I, I see 140. Not as good to see you. You, Soldier Boy, tell. That's a good song. That's up there with uh, anything that the Beatles have ever done. Soldier Boy, tell. Soldier Boy being at home. Coming up next. Am I leaning one way in the college football playoff? I am. P H 
L Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season, and I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. Your national championship game will be Michigan versus Texas. That will be your national championship game. I don't know why. But I feel like Michigan is going to get it done this year. I know they groaned when they announced Alabama over Florida State. Why do I feel this way? I have notoriously faded Michigan in bowl games. Notoriously. Why do I think this is going to be it? Why? Can one of y'all knock some sense into me? Like literally blast through the screen, punch me in the face, and say, Carter, are you kidding me? Are you picking Jim Harbaugh, notorious joker, versus Nick Saban, one of the best coaches of all time? Simply says, by two or more touchdowns. Mm. Y'all see what Nick did today? He hired a former Michigan linebackers coach. I didn't know you could do that. I, I didn't know you could do that. But he did. Now, Sharon, I know you're married to a Bama fan. You don't have to say that just to say it. Aggie's trying to throw the bag at DJ Lagway. It's interesting. I did just get a textile message um, that LSU is getting uh, a pretty interesting transfer portal visit soon at the quarterback position. Now, I cannot confirm this or not, but I just get a te- I just did. I did just get a text.
Chris Partridge. And it is A.J. Swan. The Vanderbilt quarterback. Visiting uh, tomorrow, apparently. That is crazy, though. What what if he doesn't commit? You flew all the way from Nashville to to BR, or did you drive? So LD eighty eight must have sources too. I I just learned of it. So, yeah. AJ Swan, experience, lots of starts, more of a pocket guy, not not much mobility to him. Um, but he has played a lot of football. Bama, Texas, the rematch. Well, it would actually be two different rematches, the in-season rematch, and then also the rematch from yesteryear. The what if Colt Brennan didn't get hurt game. Washington-Bama 2016 rematch. Yeah, first round of the playoffs. What a game that was. Swan just visited South Carolina. Okay. Yeah, the Brian Kelly Clark Lee connection. There you go. Let me see. Let's go to TJ. Swan is a decent arm with potential, but makes a good bit of questionable decisions. I watch him a good amount this year. He says, I'm a closet Vandy fan as my second team. That is interesting. Why, why, why Vandy as your second team? Nothing wrong with that. I don't know if I, if I have a second team in the SEC. Do, do I have a second team nationally? I really don't.
I really don't. I don't really have a like. There are schools I hate more than others, but uh, I I don't know. It's just never. Alan says, my second team is whoever is playing Alabama. Let's go. How do you think my second team is Arkansas? I, mean, I don't hate them. And look, there's a piece of me that wants them to succeed because, well, not people that live in Fayetteville and bleed Razorback Red. But, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really do a whole lot for me whether they win or lose. Um, but it does help my friend's mood when they win, and they have had – the absolute brutal, most brutal stretch of SEC athletics, probably more so than any other SEC team. Um, yeah, South Carolina might actually be mine because I did radio there for a while. So I'll go with South Carolina. I like I like Darude and the Sandstorm, baby. Let's go to Grant. I'm the son of an old Miss Grant and grew up going to Oxford three to four times in a football season. So there, my number two team says Grant. But yeah, my number two. You know, one team that I always kind of rooted for was the Michigan State Spartans in basketball. Green was my fair color growing up. And I loved Mateen Cleves and Morris Peterson. And I don't know, my Michigan State fandom just kind of faded. Um also it's it's kind of hard when Michigan State's most high profile player is Draymond Green. And every single night he's on the floor, he's punching somebody. He's doing a spinning back fist. So I'm just like, I don't know if I could really be a Michigan State fan. I wasn't a Lakers fan, so I really wasn't like a Magic Johnson guy. Sib says... My second team is Northwestern. Now, let me ask you this. I am calling a doubleheader in college basketball tomorrow at 3 p.m. Um, if you guys want to watch, let's go. I'll post a link in the Discord. I see a few people getting off their NIL takes.
A chance to rage in Cajuns? You really think so? I'll say this. I did not think how adversarial the relationship would be between the Raging Cajuns and LSU would be up to this point. Let's go to AP. Do I think Napier will be the coach by the LSU game next year? So let's do a schedule analysis like we did for our good friend. Um, Sherry Berry. Y'all want to know something really crazy? While I look this up, I don't think I have as good a memory as a lot of you do. Like, there was something really crazy that happened to me earlier, and we'll, I'll talk about it a little bit later. One of my old roommates called me and told me some crazy stories about when we were in school, and I didn't remember any of it. It's crazy. Let's go to the Florida schedule. Do I think he would be the coach by the LSU game? I would probably lean no at this point. I mean, I mean, you got to you got to really understand before going to LSU, they have to make two road trips there. That Georgia game is a neutral site game. All right. Texas at Texas with Quinn Ewers at quarterback. That's tough. That's really, really, really tough. So I would say at this point, AP, with back to back losses versus Georgia and Texas. I could see them firing him before the recruiting cycle really kicks into gear. So I would lean no. He won't be the coach. It's crazy. It's just amazing, like, everybody is saying the same thing. Who has the toughest schedule in... in in the SEC, everybody says Florida. It's tough. At least they don't have to play Alabama. But damn. Yeah, Danny, it could be. But I would also say this. I really didn't drink in college until my final two years in college. I didn't drink a whole lot. So I don't know. I don't know, but when I tell you, he told me two stories that were incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, and I was like, wait, how do I not remember this?
Danny wants to talk about Georgia's schedule. Let's do it. Okay. Here we go. Start the season with Clemson. Tennessee Tech at Kentucky. So, kind of a weird start, but then a bye week before Alabama, then Auburn, Mississippi State, at Texas. Yeah, Danny, I, 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 would, I would disagree. I, I think this is kind of tough because you look – None of these games, none of their tough, tough, tough games are at home, right? Clemson is in Atlanta, so that's technically a home game, right? But then at Alabama, at Texas, Florida at a neutral site, at Ole Miss, man, that is tricky. That is very, very, very tricky. And we know Nick Saban has Kirby Smart's number. He probably has his actual phone number, but uh, the actual number in terms of who has the advantage over who. Jared agrees with you, Danny. I think it's also because they don't have to play themselves. JC says, would you swap UCLA for Colorado on our schedule? Sure. We ain't hard to find. Forty-nine to zero in the third quarter. It's crazy.
Dang, y'all are pushing back. Y'all are saying Georgia's schedule is not that tough. Huh? 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 It is definitely tougher than what they're accustomed to. So, yeah, I'll put it that way. But, I mean, if I were to list the top five teams in the SEC right now, it would be Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, Tennessee. So they play, what, for the top six? That's kind of tough to me. And none of them are at home, right? Well, Tennessee is. I think it's pretty tough. Yeah, I, I'm fading Oklahoma a little bit next year. I'm ready to see what they're going to do at OC. You think Missouri's better than Tennessee? They beat them down this year. Oof. Oof. I will tell you this, man. Nikki brought it up last night. I don't know if she's watching tonight. Missouri's schedule sets up very nicely. It set up really nicely for them this year, but the, the, the stars somewhat aligned for them. Wait, Rico's in here? What's up, bro? Good to see Rico in here, man. I appreciate all your support over the years, man. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's tougher than Florida because Florida has to play Florida and UCF. Oh, Florida has to play Florida State and UCF. That is such a difficult non-conference. It really is. Even though Florida State will be losing a lot of key players, they're still going to be pretty good next year. Yeah, I, I, I'm just not very bullish on Oklahoma right now. Once again, it's too early. We'll see what we'll see what the portal looks like. We'll see what Jackson Arnold looks like. If Jackson Arnold is a real deal, like people are saying that he is, then I look stupid right now. But I am just really high on Tennessee's quarterback, Nico. I I just think he's really good. I do. I do. Now. Here's what we're going to do. In the next five to ten minutes, I'm going to answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you super chat, we'll keep it going. We have 116 of your beautiful faces on YouTube, about five or so watching on Facebook. I really appreciate that. Got a few of you watching on Twitter right now. That is crazy. This late on a Thursday night, you guys are chilling with me, especially our East Coasters. It's 1025 where you are. I really do appreciate that. But, like I said, if we super chat, we'll go until 3 in the morning. I've got a loaded day tomorrow. Calling two basketball games. Saturday night. Another Christmas party. 
hosting that should be a fun time. I I really do want to share something that T Bob tweeted out earlier today. And I literally have the same exact take. The best Christmas song out there is Ariana Grande's Santa Tell Me. It's so good. So, so, so good. It's been stuck in my head. It's a great song. Great, great, great song. It's a bop. I played it recently at a Christmas party. Everybody went to the dance floor. I didn't even know when she made that song. That was the first I heard of it. Santa, tell me if you're really there. It is a bop. Last Christmas. That's a good one. The best Christmas song is Please Come Home for Christmas. Platinum Obama says Ness his job is in jeopardy if Malik Murphy comes over. That's a bold question. I don't know if necessarily count his days, but he needs to make the playoff next year. I don't think that's too much to ask. I really don't think so. You got your full offensive line essentially back. You got great talent at running back. You should have a good group of wide receivers. Uh, it's got a robe. This year's uniform combo, gold helmet, white jerseys, white pants was fire and very underrated. Okay. All right. Get this out for Roby. Nineteen ninety six, the year of my birth. There you go. Gold pants. White jersey, white pants. These look like tennis shoes down here. But I do like this uniform combo. I do. Um, but if I had to choose, I would prefer the all-white over the gold-white-white combination. I like all-white over gold-white-white. But Sibley disagrees. He prefers the gold helmets. One of my favorite combos is white helmet, 
purple top, white bottoms. That would probably be my number two. White helmet, purple top, white bottom. Okay. That is so cool. That is such a clean combo right there. White helmet, purple top, white bottom. What's up, Alan? Good to see you. When do I normally have my shows? Here's the full schedule. Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays at 8.15 Central and Wednesday nights at 6. So take a screenshot. There you go. And we do videos throughout the week as well. Do about one or two videos a week. You prefer the all-white? Yeah, I prefer the all-white. Um, if I were to rank the jersey combinations, nothing, nothing will ever stop our traditional. Gold helmet, white top, gold bottom. Um. Then I would go this, what you're looking at right now, white helmet, purple top, white bottom. And then I would then go all white for my number three. I didn't mind the gold helmet, white top, white bottom. I didn't mind that. One of my favorite, though. I also don't mind gold helmet, purple top, gold bottom. We have not done that. I don't think we did that this year, and I know we didn't do it the year before.
Pulling these up for Roby here. I remember being at this announcement when they showed these for the first time, Roby. Gold helmet, white jersey, white bottom, but it's that old school look. I love that. Huh? 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 Those did look good. a better look without googling can you name this player right here number 19 let's see let's uh let's let's see who knows their ball those cleats with it look good not my favorite alternate, but I love the uh I love that they did like a whole thing behind it. And I'm also glad we won this game. That was a very uh less Milesian game. It is not Devery Henderson, but he did wear well Devery wore number I think Devery Henderson wore number nine at LSU. Um uh, but he wore number nineteen for the Saints. Okay, but it's its name does begin with the letter D. First name does begin with the letter D. Um, you got to remember, Devery Henderson played in the early 2000s, right? So this was circa 09, and uh, Devery Henderson was like the 0203 area. Okay. Let's see if somebody can get this. This this was a tough one. Play tight end. Dylan Gordon, that's not a bad guess. Dylan Gordon wore number 85. Not a bad guess. I can remember who this is, but I can't remember some of the crazy stuff my buddy told me uh, about our college days. There you go. We got it. 
D'Angelo Peterson. You are right, Brandon Bass. Good job, Brennan. Good stuff. And welcome to the channel, Brennan. Let's see. We're 40 away from the BTJ card. Um, if we get there, I'm sending this to Brennan. Sending this BTJ card to Brennan. Brennan, be honest. Did you Google it or did you know? He was Jordan Jefferson's roommate, I believe. Let's go to Bayou Cajun eighteen seventy nine. Talk about the NFL. Well, what do I think about the Saint situation? Mostly coaching. Um. Yeah, I think they should draft Jaden Daniels. How about that? <laughs> um, yeah, dude, they, they, they're in a tough spot. Yes, the NFC South sucks, and they're still in it for the playoffs. But I, I have never seen a 22-point win suck so bad like the Saints did this past weekend. This is a really flawed football team. At the quarterback position. Um, here's the thing that sucks about the Saints. Is. They've got good running backs. They've got a okay offensive line. They've got good receivers. They've got good tight ends. they got a good D line. They've got good linebackers. They've got a good secondary. Where have they struggled? Well, special teams has been a little bit of a weird um, roller coaster, if you will, with Groupie um, in particular. But the Saints suck in the most important aspects of football. They don't have a good coach. They don't have a good OC. And they don't have a good quarterback. Okay, you can be not so good in one of those areas. All right, you 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 can. You just can't be bad in all three. You just can't. So, a few of you want to talk some Jackson McGohan? I've seen his name pop up a little bit. This is another case of. You know, transfers, not really, um, that, that didn't really have an effect on the team. But Gohan did give us some good special teams reps, but it was kind of a tough path forward 
at tight end with Mason Taylor coming back. You still got Kamari on Pipton in there. Still got Mac Markway in there. You got Trey Des Green coming in. So I understand why he packed his bags. I still think he's going to be a good football player. I do. It's just there's no playing time here outside of special teams for him. Okay, let's see. We'll do this. Can you name both of these players right here? I think you guys will get this one. Let's get some trivia music going. I know one of you could get at least one of these. Type Y if you can hear this music. The guy on the far left should be... Brendan, if you know who D'Angelo Peterson is, you got to know who this is. Josh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Richard Murphy and Charles Scott. Perfect. I kind of like the trivia music thing. I kind of like the music. Music makes the people come together.
Derek Carr gave out Christmas gifts to his teammates. Olave and Shahid got Rolexes. Other receivers got diamond chains. The offensive linemen got grills with a chest of steaks. I would rather have the grill with the chest of steaks over the Rolex. I just, I, I can't, I, I don't know what it is about watches. I don't know what it is. Did Alfred Blue remind me of Richard Murphy a little bit? Yeah, I think Alfred Blue is a better player. I think Richard Murphy never really had that breakout season. He had an injury um, that, that kind of held him back. Richard Murphy, uh, I think, was in the league for two seasons. I think he was with the Jaguars. Um, yeah, he was given the number 18 uniform, and uh, he was a good Tiger. Um, he just did not have that game-breaking explosiveness, and he wasn't the biggest guy. He was very thin. But he had some big crunch time plays uh, for LSU during that era. So shout out to Richard Murphy, man. Jared and Pegasus wants to talk senior bowl. Yeah, there's going to be a big debate about if Jaden, how much pre-draft stuff is Jaden going to do. Here's the thing that I hope happens. Okay. So, you know, Joe Burrow didn't work out at the combine. There was nothing for him to gain. He knew he was going to be the number one overall pick. I hope and pray that Jaden Daniels stays where he is on the draft boards for two reasons. The first thing is while it would help with recruiting and it would help with the overall brand of the university, I do not want Jaden Daniels to go number one overall because more than likely he is going to a disaster situation. I hope he goes to a team like the Saints that have, you know, a framework built in for success. Um, but also another reason why I want him to stay where he is right now is it would force him to work out at the NFL Combine and at the Pro Day. I cannot state this enough. How badly I want to see what Jane Daniels runs in a 40-yard dash. I am honestly dying to know. Like, how fast is he? Like, we know the MPH. We've seen it with our eyes. He has to be on, like, the Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase level, right? I think we've seen him run away from defenders too many times for him to at least not be a sub 4-4 if he trains for the uh, the 40-yard dash. Um, I really want to see him train. I really want – I'm dead serious when I say this. I'm so curious to see what he runs in a 40-yard dash. Yeah, Alan, I mean, Cecil Adiso is on a, a different level uh, than, than Richard Murphy. Cecil Adiso was like a legendary talent. 
uh, Q student. I love a good game of pool. What happened to Charles Scott? So I believe he is coaching in the high school ranks, but he left school. So he had the 017 where he was a contributor. Then in 08, he became the guy. He was with the Eagles, and it just didn't ever really work out. Um, I don't think we really realize how much of a decline the running back position could be for your lifestyle in the NFL. Like, one minor injury when you're 27 or 28 and you're done. And I've had plenty of talks with uh, Jay Hill about this. It's crazy, man. You, you're, you're 27 and Jay Hill gets picked up by the Patriots. First game with Tom Brady tears his ACL. Got a Super Bowl ring though. Um, and then after that, he just never played in the league again. It's not like that at other positions, right? You have a little bit more longevity at wide receiver, tight end, DB. But once you lose that juice, man, it it it's just gone. And that, that just sucks. <laughs> That's true, Jared. I think the three cone would actually be a well, would be a little bit different. Now, I, I don't think Jaden could get up to 25. 25 is. Like, I don't think a human's ever ran 25. I think so. What is he? Let me see. Usain Bolt, fastest time was 27 point three three miles per hour so yeah a human could get up to 25. some sad news to share here. I'm not watching the game, but LSU, this now this guy was really good. Will Clapp is the center for the Chargers, and he just got carted to the locker room. So, you know, he's on the older end. This could be his career, and he had a great career, right? He was part of that Leonard Fournette recruiting class, started 2015, 2016, then played the majority of his career. He was a brother Martin Crusader from New Orleans. Played a majority of his career with the Saints. And now he's with the Chargers. Just got carted to the locker room. The Raiders are up by 63 points. Yeah, Jay Hill played most of his career with the Bengals. He only played one year for the Patriots. One game for the Patriots. 
What's up, Carl? It's been a while since I've seen you, man. Good stuff. Well, all right, all you cool cats and kittens. This was a fun live stream. Uh, Carl just jumped in. Sad. But I do have to go. I will be chatting in the Discord, so please comment down below. Oh, Shane, switch it up from Facebook to YouTube. Loving the profile photo. The fastest NFL player this season was Tyreek at 23 MPH. Yeah, I know it's either him or Mostert. Shout out to our top super chatters, Roby, Jared, Allen, TJ, AP, and Roby. Roby, let me know. I just sent you a card. I could send you the BTJ if you want it. You got my info, my brother. And uh, let's see. How far away were we? Yeah, still about 35-ish away from the hundo. So we'll give out the BTJ card this weekend. I actually made a mistake. I was supposed to give out the Patrick Peterson card tonight if we had a hundo. So on the Sunday night live stream, we'll give out both of these. That is a really cool card. A die cut. Patrick Peterson. It is. Power. Hour. LSU. Boom. And tonight we're doing Buffalo Chicken.